Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Streets raise me, born in 80s baby, Lord save me, cause today I'm going crazy with this bullshit, 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 crazy with this bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the 95 Killers Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today's guest is an incredible businesswoman, activist, and entrepreneur. She coordinates luxury events for A-list clientele with CEO and founder Ali V of the Ali V Experience. She is also one of the founders behind the Brides March, a strong opponent against domestic violence. She is the events manager for Legendary SOBs, and she recently started her own entertainment company, Marianne Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce my good friend to the 95 Killers podcast, Miss Marianne Loreno. Welcome to the show, my sister. Glad to have you here. Thank you. This is very interesting. It's been a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. So we know each other, but uh, I want to hear a little bit about your family. So any brothers and sisters? I have one sister and two brothers. See, I didn't know you had two brothers. Mm-hmm. Are they older than you or are they younger? Yeah, they're both five years older. So my dad did his thing. But they're only from my dad's side. Oh, you said your dad did his thing. He yeah, was, no. Okay. Two different ladies. Two different ladies. And me and my sister have our own mom. Okay. So was he with your mom when he... No, they're older. Okay. So okay, mm-hmm. they, okay. So that was before your mom yes. did his thing. Okay. But we it. grew up knowing each other and we're very close. And where's your family from? The Dominican Republic. You're from the Dominican Republic? Yes, both parents. Were you born there? No, I was born in Germany. Okay, you gotta tell me that one. See, I didn't need to see. That's why I like these things. I would never right. know. So Germany. My oh. dad was in the US military. Oh. So they were stationed in Hamburg, I believe. And I was born in a hospital in Landstuhl. And then when I was three months, they moved to Washington DC. And my sister was born there in Washington. So I was um, my my birth certificate's in German. Your birth certificate? Like <laughs> yes, my That's sister just actually story. sent me a picture yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying laughing. Just the whole thing's in German. Wow, you got to send me that one. Yeah, I have it in my phone. I'll show you later. That's pretty cool. When I first met you, I was into the nightlife, mm-hmm. and then I, I was so I was so interested to find that you're involved in it now. Right. So talk a little bit about that. How'd you get involved? Like, was it was it something that you always wanted to do, or is this something like when did you realize it? I mean, when we first started, before we met you, it was more like my sister was a singer, and we wanted to do shows for her. So we were surrounded by all these artists, and we do we would do showcases at Nell's. That was on Fourteenth Street. I don't know if you remember Nell's. I remember Nell's. I would do like one a month, like on a Tuesday or Thursday. I forgot what day of the week it was now, but. Then um, after the first two, we realized like we can't keep inviting our same friends. We have to meet more people. So I started doing nightclubs and just had like a list and my list would just get in free and I would get like some money off it. But I would usually just use the events to network and invite people to these showcases. And then we met you and then we had our spot. Um, I forgot the name of it. Was it like, was it Serena? I don't remember, but that was like another good one. And then I had China Club Thursdays and another thing Tuesdays. So I would do these and wasn't really making that much money off it, but it was more to network for these showcases. Mm-hmm. But after a while, like, like working with artists is hard and kind of expensive with not much of a return. And then a lot of times artists would like get opportunities that had nothing to do with you 
but it was because of you and it just doesn't like it wasn't making sense you know so you were doing predominantly your sister right so you went from doing her to like 10 people how right wait tell, so, me, tell me a little bit about that story <laughs> like i would do like help them write or get them a photo shoot or get them a recording session or like i remember with albie um i'll be back i would like pick him up take him to perform some more and then do the door to make some money you know and then like have to buy him dinner and drop him off so it was like then he got atl the movie with ti what is he gonna do take me to the movie set like we're still friends there's nothing negative it's just doesn't make sense unless you're somebody's manager Okay, so you were put man- that much you, energy, right? So you were doing like managerial things without the paperwork, right? You didn't sign. Okay, so <laughs> right. so I I love that you said learning that. process. So what would you mm-hmm. do differently in terms of when you dealing with an artist? So you had your sister first. Let's start with her, right? So right. Sister is Lethe, right? Right. Um, uh, Denise. Uh, what's that? Lethe Denise. Lethe Denise. Shout out to Lethe. I know both of these amazing <laughs> ladies. So when you start out with your sister, I imagine people seeing what you could do for your sister, and they and they came to you. Right. So at what point? You know, you had one, two art. You had ten artists. Right. What what made you not try to get them under a contract in some way? Because I just felt like I was learning too, and I don't like to stifle people. Because I'm like, if you got a better opportunity, do that too. Like I feel like we all grow together, and I was having fun until it became kind of a financial thing. Where I'm like, I'm spending too much money on this because I had a, a day job. I worked at City College at the time, and in my friend circle, I feel like I'm the only one that had a real job. So, and a car, it was just like, it was fun, but I had to chill because, you know, I, I was realizing I was spending too much and too much energy, maybe getting to work too tired because I was out all night. But in your 20s, you could pull that off more. Like getting home at four and still being at work by nine. Kind of pulled back on that. And then I moved to Jersey. I had like a boo. And I was just like, let me chill and just work. But then as, like things went on and I, I started working um, more kind of in the realm of it's like I left City College and I was doing different places. I forgot what you call that. Like they would place you at jobs. Uh, um, that That's um, not freelance, but it was more it was like, like a job site. And then they would place me in places for temporary, like temporary job. Right. OK, got it. I forget then I, that, yeah. I got another place that was a nonprofit and I did admin work for them. And then they lost funding and I was like, oh, unemployment and went back to school. <laughs> so what? that was what did you great. Go to school for? So I'm like, all right, I like music, but they didn't have that at BMCC. I had never got my degree. I had some classes when I worked at City College, but I hadn't finished. And then because you got to go to school for free when you work at a college or whatever. So I had like a nice chunk of classes done. Got my associates in video arts because it kind of went hand in hand. And I learned video editing and like TV editing and like writing scripts and all that kind of stuff. I was like, this is awesome. It's kind of it fits. And when I graduated, um, I was going to finish my my bachelor's in film. And I got this internship at SOBs. They were looking. My friend had just gotten um, the job as the events coordinator. And what's SOBs for people who may not know? <laughs> <laughs> SOBs is a live music venue. It sounds it stands for Sounds of Brazil, even though people say son of a you know what. It's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> yeah, no, people say it all the time. Right, it's no, really funny. 
But then they're like, why is it SOB? It's because now it's become an acronym and started off as a venue for Brazilian music. And now it's world music. So it doesn't make sense anymore, really. So we use the acronym and that sounds better with the S at the end. So right. SOBs, right? But he had gotten the job and he told me they were looking for interns. We're very close friends. And I applied for the internship and my boss interviewed me and he was like the owner of the venue. He's like, are you looking for a job? Like, why are you looking for an internship? Like, you're dope. I was like, oh. And I started the next day. And wow. I started as a receptionist mm -hmm. there. And now I'm like the manager. So that's seven years later. Wow. The events manager at that. Yeah. Events manager, floor manager at night. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of director of operations. So, so right? tell me, how did, how did you go from being the receptionist to the events um, manager was there another manager there? how did that did well you... my friend was the events manager <laughs> so can you talk about that what happened did he so yeah. awkward trust like it was hard tell me what can you, can you talk about it or you don't want to talk about it i mean i'm look i'm happy i wasn't right after him because okay. that would have been a little harder but it just didn't work out with him and the venue they tried a server from upstairs i was still the receptionist and it's like sometimes people underestimate me, but still, like they had me train the girl. So I knew his whole job. I had to train somebody to do it. And I'm watching them like, why didn't you ask me though? But okay, I'll let her do it. And then after her, they tried like their niece. And then they were like, I had to train her. <laughs> and then one day they're like, do you want to just do it? I'm like, I mean, I was waiting for you guys to ask me. I don't understand, but I don't really like... I don't, I like to be asked. Like, I like to know, like, you understand my worth. Like, I don't like, I'm, I can do it. I don't like that feeling. I don't know. Right. That's just how I am. But I mean, they, they, they were going to, to, to train these people. So clearly they, they, they did, they did it yeah. now with the managers. Like I mm -hmm. had to train people and they're like, do you just want the, they put an ad out for assistant manager and then they're like, do you just want it? I'm like, I, I don't know why you put the ad out. <laughs> like, I was just watching you guys just sink. <laughs> right. It was like sink or swim. I see you sinking, but it's up to you. Wow. It's, it's really funny. funny to me. I think it's because I'm a girl sometimes, but I don't know. Do you think so? I don't know what it is. How we bumped into each other. I was on a train and I saw... <laughs> do you remember when, how we met? The original time? Yeah. I think... I don't, we went to a party that first time we met, so I'm, I can't remember who brought me. Yeah. Was it Fritz? It might have been Fritz. But I used to, he was DJing for me, I believe, at yeah. the time. And so, so shout out to Fritz, DJ Fritz. DJ Fritz. I've I seen these doing parties again, so I, yes. I got to go to one of the parties. We got to surprise him. With the videos. With the videos. Yes. So DJ Fritz brought you guys to the party. And at the time, I was trying to bring in, I was trying to get female promoters to work mm -hmm. with me because there were, and at the time, I don't know about now, I only knew about two big ones, but I didn't see a lot of Mostly with the, and what I came across as male promoters. People say, why do you want women to promote? I'm like, because it's so cool to be like the person, the odd man out. All you seen was bottle girls. So I don't remember if, if you were one that I considered. I think I approached your sister, if I'm not mistaken. She, I think she worked with me. Well, I mean, it was both of us. Y'all both worked with me? Because okay. it was one list. It was called Simply Entertainment. Uh -huh. And I would get the people from doing all the other nights. Okay. So, you know, and then you she had a list. great following because she went to Columbia. Yes. And that's all 20 somethings in the city. So that's already great. Her promoting on, on campus. And I would do the actual nightclubs and bring people. Okay. So it was a combo. A combination. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I remember taking you guys to spa. Do you remember that? Spa. 
Remember spa? So spa is a night, spot. yeah, spa is a nightclub and I was doing the Mater D work. And I didn't, I had no idea at the time that you were going to be the person that was going to mm-hmm. be in the nightlife. But I bought, I remember bringing you there. I remember your sister was there for sure. And do you, and do you remember the with story? Diddy? You remember the story with Diddy? Can we talk about that? Oh. I mean, <laughs> she, she, she doesn't smoke anymore, so we could talk about okay. it. <laughs> so you tell the story, tell the Diddy story. Which is funny because when he did making the band, there was a, another scenario where somebody smoked. Spoiler alert. Don't tell, don't tell her. Don't tell her. Don't tell him. Don't, don't spoil it. Tell us what happened. So you introduced her to Diddy as a singer, an up and coming no, singer. No, I didn't introduce her. Oh, maybe she walked up to him. Okay. So let okay. me tell you, I remember the story better than you. Go. Okay. I don't know Diddy, so I didn't introduce anybody. <laughs> I invited you guys to this event and there was a VIP section that I was in charge of. So they had all the celebrities were in there. It was like, all it really was, was like, you know, that's when VIP was getting really played out. They had like, I, I had never seen a VIP where you can see over the rope. Right. I didn't know that was going to become a real thing. Just like a little. Thing. Yeah. It was the first time I've ever seen that. So it was like, it was a nice size, but mm-hmm. you can see the people in VIP and I'm used to like old school. You Private. go into, you go into um, upstairs and that was our VIP. But for some reason they wanted, it was a new, a new trend where the VIPs wanted to be seen. Mm. It was very weird. Anyway, so Diddy gets there, Cuba Gooden Jr. is there, Snoop's, everybody's there, right? It was a good one. That was a good one, right? So your sister's like, yo, get me in the VIP, Glenn. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try. You know, I don't know. And she's like, no, you just, I do all the rest. And I'm like, I don't know what she's gonna do, right? Oh, she's good at that. She's good. So <laughs> I convinced, you know, my boss, that, oh, you know, she's a, she's a singer friend of mine, whatever. She's, I don't know what I told him. I made up something. She gets in there and I'm cringing because she does a beeline straight for Diddy. <laughs> She's like, <that. laughs> this sister ain't no, like, I mean, when I tell you, shout out to Letty, man. Um, <laughs> I I never seen somebody walk up to somebody and, and he was known for, if you, if you approach him like that, he wasn't the nicest if you did that. But I seen, I seen her walk up to him and I kind of closed my eyes like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And then I opened my eyes and she was talking to him. Yeah, he was being really he nice. He was talking to her. He was smiling. Mm-hmm. They were talking. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I was thinking, oh my God, I entered, you know, I kind of helped I out. Did I did this. Yeah. And I'm sitting back and then all of a sudden he throws up his hands and he walks away. And you know, I didn't know what happened, <laughs> but you know what happened. Uh, you tell the rest. Well, back in that day, in those days, you could smoke in the clubs. It wasn't like the laws are now. And she had a cigarette in her hand and he didn't see it at first. So he's talking to her all into the conversation, looks down. He's like, he just kind of put his arms up like, I think she took it. I think she took it out of her. No, it was literally. He just hadn't noticed. He just hadn't noticed. That was a tough one. And he said to her, he said to her, how could you, you know, be serious a singer and smoke? And I remember she told me that, and I was like, I hope that this doesn't crush her, like from do right, singing, right. because she kept she went on from that. She didn't. Yeah, didn't she stop went her. on from that, and she stopped smoking. And but stopped it smoking. took a few years. But yeah, she did. That's crazy. <laughs> Does she still sing? Yeah, I she mean, does. hearing that she's still writing, she actually did a video or two videos, um, right during quarantine and whatever, because her job became remote. Mm-hmm. So let's see, let's see. She's more interested now than ever. She took a little break, but I think it's gonna be good. Let's see how it turns out. We'll That's send dope. you some stuff and see what you think. Yeah, yeah, I want to see it. And maybe I'll go to her show when you guys have it. Yeah, 20 years later, man, <laughs> let's years do later. it. Has it been that long? Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. It really has. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, 9 5 Killers, we talk about entrepreneurs also have day jobs. So you still have currently a day job. You you manage SOBs. Yes. So extend the 9 5 Killers so that people who have their own business. So you have an entertainment business. So tell us a little bit about that entertainment business, how to get started. Like, well, for um, me, I'm like an independent contractor for events. So I'll do nights at SOBs when things are sold out or 
when I book it myself, which I get a percentage if I book it myself. So that's, you know, different than before as well. But I work for like the Ali V experience and she does private events for celebrities. Who is she? Her name is Ali V. She's been in radio on Sirius XM and she's just been in the entertainment world for a long time in the club scene and has, you know, become this brand. So the Ali V experience is like we did um, Biggie's first birthday for Little Kim and we had like Junior Mafia, Fab, you know, Fat Joe, everybody was in the building. Right. So what's Biggie's first birthday? What does that mean? This is the first time they celebrated Biggie's birthday in a big way in New York. I forgot the name of the venue, but Midtown, we rented the venue. I was part of the team that from the choosing the venue to all the decorations to day of setting everything up for the event and helping it run. So I work with Ali as her event manager. We just did his daughter's baby shower two weeks ago, and the baby's here. Congratulations, Tiana. Also, <laughs> wow. oh, Biggie's daughter had a baby. Yes, she just how, had how she a little even? girl. How old is she? She's in her 20s, like she's late 20s. 20s. Okay. She has her boo. Everybody was happy. It's nothing crazy. It's not like she's 17 or something crazy like that. She's She has her own clothing brand called Notorious, but with two S's. CJ Wallace was in the building. That's Faith's son. So it was a beautiful event. Little C's pulled up with the diapers, you know? Like, it was a family affair. So luckily, you know, because of the big birthday celebration we did, we've worked with Kim on album release parties and the different things. Whenever C's has something, he has Ali V up. And that's how it's been going. Pretty dope. We did a fresher album release party in Brooklyn. So we do, like, celebrity private events. And then I do like bar mitzvahs with another company. So that's as an independent contractor. And we make, you know, customized T-shirts, hoodies, hats, socks. Like, depends on what the party planner wants. Right. The other day I was making bracelets. It depends. But I've been doing that like 17 years on Saturdays mm-hmm. for ever. So. Have you ever thought about taking somebody un- under your wing? Because you do a Artists lot. Artists are hard. No, no, I don't mean artists. I mean like. What you do is a, is a skill. So, you know, this lady is one of probably one of the most <laughs> modest people you're going to meet. And she's not going to tell you any story. So I'm going to tell one for you. <laughs> oh, and then hopefully she'll open up to you guys. I remember when I first found out that she was working in SOBs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's on a train. She says, I see this lady with these big glasses. She's like, Glenn, is that you? I'm looking. I don't recognize who this person is. She takes a glass of, I haven't seen her in years. Give her a big hug. She tells me she's managing SOBs. And I tell her I want to visit her one day. She invites me to an event. Now I get there early, right? And we were going to take like a photo together. And this guy with a group walks by, right? Mm -hmm. And he's waiting to get by. And I'm like, no, you can go. He's like, no, no, take your picture. We take the picture. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice, that's a cool dude, whatever. And I'm like, who's that? And she's like, that's Tali (laughs) Khalid. Yeah. I'm like... (laughs) Why didn't you tell? And one, why didn't you tell me? And why was he so damn nice? I realized it was the respect that he had for her because he doesn't know me from from anything. Yeah. So I, I people know you. You rub elbows with a few different celebrities, but you yeah. kind of tight lipped about. So I'm gonna pull you. Yes, I know you meeting people that you are a fan of. How do you keep it together and and be professional around those type of indi- individuals? I treat all artists that come to the venue the same. Obviously, I'm gonna feel more like holy. You know, when it's certain people like Talib, obviously, but he has a good trajectory with the venue. So it's like we've seen each other a bunch of times. Joe Budden like has used my charger for his phone. You know, we did his first podcast live, you know, the Joe Budden podcast. Wow. Before it blew up, we did that. 
I did him and then I did um, Slaughterhouse. I did him by himself. I've done Joel by himself. He's come for other people like Cameron. Like Cameron has called me and been like, hey, I'm coming tonight, but I want you to get me at the door. Like obviously it's like, wow, hip hop royalty to me. But also you want them to have a good experience and come back. So I'm just going to make sure it's the best experience possible that we get footage. And that way I get the access to be like, hey, can I bring a photographer for two minutes into VIP and get just some shots of you guys? And you make it so it's not all night and they can still chill, you know. And even Dave East, like we had an event. I had to bring a cake out. There are Dutch guts everywhere. I'm like, he helped me clean it. You know, what do you mean like, he helped you clean it? He helped yeah. me clean the table. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I got you, sis. You know, you like. Know, you know what's crazy? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. You know what's crazy about this story um, is that night that I'm talking about. Yeah. I've seen people who didn't have that level acting like very spoiled. Yeah. And then I've seen this. Oh, that is story of my life. Tell me. I that. always talk to Music Soul Child about this because. It's facts like people on the come up just are more cocky and people who are settled in their fame and like they're just humble about it and grateful. So he's he's giving me opportunities that I don't know, like he's taking me to dinner after a show with his sister so I could meet her and like we had full like (laughs) (laughs) he went on Clubhouse with me twice. You know, he thought it was going to be half an hour. And he was like, how am I here for five hours? Only you could do this. Like, that's so such an honor to me. And he knows I respect that. I was like, whenever you're ready to hang up or close. It was his first time at Clubhouse. He didn't know that it was going to be a vibe. We know who Music Soul Child is. Solid character. I love right. his, his Longevity music. of a career. Longevity. Still on tour. Yes. No joke. Super humble. Like, I've seen, I've heard stories. I have never met him personally. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is, why do you think there are people like him, for example, who have made all this these waves in, in progress mm-hmm. and then people who haven't even made it yet with the arrogance. Like, if in your opinion, like right. you can't tell me what it is, but what, what is your opinion on that, if you had to guess? Because people get, like, cocky when they get a lot of attention, I guess. But maybe when you're used to attention, it just comes down. He could have been cop- cocky in the beginning, maybe. And he's grown into his fame and sees it as, like, a career and cares about his son, cares about, you know, like, keep building and working and writing and bringing up other artists you'll see on his page he put he's like this person dropped the album anthony hamilton dropped this lucky day dropped this he's always bigging up artists he likes and just a regular person he's a dad i don't know (laughs) and then these kids are 20 just fame and like everybody like sweating them and nobody telling them any different and just kind of going with their flow i don't know it's a maturity level maybe Hmm. i've seen people who are I mean, I've I seen people who are, you know, younger and, and have a certain calmness, like, right. like, like J. Cole. Like I don't know. I don't Corday. know if he's always been that way. Who's Corday? That? Who's Corday? Tell me about Corday. Corday is a rapper and he's dating that girl. She's like a tennis player that she won. She beat Serena. Listen, I don't, I don't watch She's like tennis, Haitian she's, and, oh, and yeah? Asian or something. Okay. Dope ass girl. But like, even the person he chose to date, who was talking about it? Um... Uh, Jadakus. He was at a table talk or something, and his girlfriend was there. He's like, I want to work with Corday. Just him choosing you as his girl shows his maturity level, and you'll see it when they arrive, right? He had an all female team on point. 
They weren't trying to drink with him. They weren't trying to smoke in the green room. They were like, this is his guest list. This is his set list. This is this. We want this, this, this. And he didn't have to talk. You know, or 27 Delhi. He set up his whole merch station when he arrived. He and, runs and his how, own. And how old is he? They're all in their 20s. And it, See, that's what I mean. It, it depends on the person. It yeah. depends on the person. And the maturity level. Like, you're either grateful and want to keep it going and hands on. Or you're a mess like certain people who've fainted downstairs before they even got on stage and I had to put water on them and get them on stage. You, you can't and tell I'm us like, who it is, can you? Who it is. <laughs> <laughs> But they're doing okay. But there's people that just do a lot of overindulging in those kind of things mm-hmm. and still are doing well. So yeah. I don't know. I what, can't call it. What are your thoughts on Because I think when I think of music industry and I think of these artists that you're dealing with at SOBs, there's a lot of, of, of potential to make money outside of their performing, like merch and things of that nature. Yeah. So what are your thoughts um, from an entrepreneur's perspective? If you're thinking of somebody who's going to be an artist, what would you tell a new artist to, to, to be on top of if, they're gonna, if, they, if they started yesterday mm-hmm. and, they, and they have a good voice? What, would you, what, would you, what advice would you give them if you have any? Because you've been around a lot of artists. I would say like definitely make sure the music is good that you have some listening parties that people give, can give you opinions once you have a good fan base and you're ready to even rent the venue or be part of a lineup merch is great because when you start off you might do a showcase which you might have to pay to be in the showcase or sell a certain amount of tickets but your merch that's all you you know for us we do eighty five fifteen for merch outside of music so music the artist keeps 100 percent. t-shirts hoodies we keep 15 percent we usually have to like have some a staff person sell it for them and things like that. Um, another thing is like making your ne- networking during the event. You never know. Like even with Cardi, let's say, right? I had Cardi before anybody thought knew. Who Cardi? Cardi B. Cardi B. Oh, you call it Cardi. You see how she has. That's <laughs> how well she knows B. these people. She calls her Cardi. <laughs> no, Shout out to Cardi no. B. So you. Shout out to Cardi B. So you met Cardi. Very before. happy for her. That's pretty dope. Well, yeah, it was like um, I think it was like Hot ninety seven. Who's next? And it was her and Young and May. Nobody knew her either. And they had such a great experience that she's come back multiple times. She's come back when she had her own project. She came back for Partisan Fontaine's um event. And she filmed Rhythm and Flow there because she had a good experience with us, you know. Um, Wait, what, what, and she knew how to flow? use. What's Rhythm and Flow? It was that show on Netflix. It was her, T.I., and Chance the Rapper. They did a hip-hop competition of artists. And um, her uh, her episode where she did her talent search in New York was at SOBs. So we're on Netflix because she had a good experience. I got to check that out now. We got Partisan Fontaine because he writes for her. So he, I think he chose us because of her, because of how she bigged us up on um, Rhythm and Flow. She's like, anybody who's anybody has to do their first New York play at SOBs. And mm. it's true. I mean, Drake, you know, Kanye, I wasn't there for those, but I've been there when they've come back and brought their artists to um, SOBs. So like um, Kanye brought Tiana Taylor and he came for her first sold out show. Drake brought Party Next Door came to that um the weekend brought belly and came and performed with belly who's belly i don't know that right person. he's a rapper he's a rapper okay i never heard of that okay <laughs> i never no heard opinion. of him yeah he's all right okay he's, 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 he's cool. cool he's cool i like the weekend so he gotta be good yeah you've seen different artists on on the start 
So what did you notice about, like, let's say a Cardi B when she went there? Did she have merch when she went? What did she have? Oh, what I meant was she had a good team. She she was very grateful for everything. And she networked. She met every single person on Hot 97. She, She didn't have merch. She didn't have merch. Not any of the times, to be honest. But I know that is a great way for artists to make extra money um, on tours. And it's a great way to promote yourself because the, per- the person who purchases it is going to be wearing the T-shirt or the hat. And that's your brand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win yeah. um, for artists. But with her, I just mean more like she really um, like understood the, the history of the venue and you know gave us that respect back and network with everybody in that room. And when you say she was grateful, when you say met, uh, she networked with people in the room, you were talking about just like the Hot 97 crew or was it? Our crew, Hot 97 crew, um, make sure she took pictures with everyone that asked. I don't have one because I was working. So Cardi, you owe me a picture. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we um, there were a lot of other artists and we gave her a private room and, um, you know, the conference room we have. And she was just, oh, my God, thank you so much about everything. Same thing with SZA. She came to see Chloe and Hallie. And she was just like, thank you. Oh, my God. And I'm like, thank you for being here, girl. You're crazy. Like, she went to Chipotle, bought herself a Chipotle, brought it <laughs> in. I got her her table. Like, it was just very chill. And I love that energy with artists. SZA's very humble as well. Chloe and Hailey are amazing. They're, like, just the sweetest girls. So, I don't know. You could be kind of douchey or you could be sweet and still make it in this world. So everybody do true. you. Yeah, right, right. You do your thing. You have a you have a long experience in the nightclub business. Right. Was there anything else that you wanted to do besides this? And and if so, um, what was that be? I want to run a tour. That's Someone's still kind of that's kind of sim- that's kind of similar. It's still similar, but it's like um, you get to travel with it, and I kind of just I don't know. It's just I was watching an interview. I can't remember who it was right now. Not Kevin Lyles, Lee Lior Cohen. He was on live, I think, with. Fat Joe or something and he said he learned a lot about the music industry touring like he started with Run DMC and he just noticed that them wearing Adidas next show everybody was wearing Adidas it's just little things you learn he was saying so I just kind of want to do a tour just like right now I'm learning the lights in my job and learning how to run the light system I feel like everything is a you know a learning process and I just kind of want to know how to do everything and I don't like asking people for help that much. So if I could do it myself, hmm. even better. Really? No, I got to push you on that one. I'm like, I want to do it all. All right. So the thing about it is, right. and, and this is something that I wanted to ask you, being that you know how to do multiple things, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you, if you do everything, you can't do everything well. What is if the If I common, start early enough in the day. But... <laughs> I could do I, so here's the thing I want to know <laughs> at some point yes. you don't get to enjoy and network that like the way you can there's certain things that you don't have to do but if you did them it will be done efficiently as you want them to right. but then you miss the networking part so how do you find a balance between doing things that, that you want to do and and also making time for the people that you know the bigger job that you that, that really require your personal touch yeah, so like for times, obviously I couldn't be up there doing lights because I, <laughs> right. I ran her media mm-hmm. and then I had to get the recap footage. I had to get her drop saying, oh, this is tense. And I just sold out SOBs. I wanted a picture with her, make sure we brought out the food at the right time. I was running her door. 
can't do the lights, right? No. Even though the lights pay a nice, pretty penny. <laughs> but Right. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. We right. had a specific person we paid to do the lights that night. Yeah. And I like, and the, the reason why I say that, I like to spread it out, the the love, because what happens is mm-hmm. when someone is dedicated to their one job, it's really hard yeah. to mess it up. But if, if you have one person doing it all, they, they, they miss something. And I, you know, no, I've learned that sure. from club. I learned that, um, what's the quote this person told me? Go fast, go alone, go far, go together. So you, if you have a community, you can go mm-hmm. further than the actual person because you're, you're limited to your health and you can't duplicate yourself. It'd be nice, but no. Like, it wouldn't the be lighting like the, guy we had was a really good was he's good? amazing he's actually the one that's been training me and honestly obviously when i do lights i can't leave that, that area no, so can't. but it's kind of nice i don't have to talk to anybody <laughs> it was like i had like my chill corner and i right. could just like mess with stuff and i watch everybody going and stressed out i'm like right. <laughs> i like the fact that you know these different things i'm thinking of it more of is grooming you for something bigger. And I just, right. Management wide. Like, have you ever thought about doing your own event? Period. Just your event. Nobody else involved. You know every step of the way. I'm not the best promoter. You don't need to be. I don't feel like I could like pack the club because I said everybody be here this day. Just because ah, of me. You don't believe that. That's very interesting. <laughs> I don't think so. Like for like, I, hey, let's dance this day, everybody. And then 350. I don't know. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to make a challenge. I, I, I'm going to bet against that. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to say if anybody's <laughs> listening to this, because oh I know you're, they're going to hear this. If you I'm going to take this part. Okay. If you believe that Marianne cannot <laughs> pack a club by herself, how many people are you talking about? I could do like three, three fifty. You could do three fifty. No, I'm saying the venue could take like more, like I about four hundred people. I think you can do three, three fifty. I think you could do that easily. Like, what would be the topic? Is it like a panel, like a discussion? It doesn't have to be. It could be whatever you want. I'm saying that I believe that people, <laughs> with the amount of understanding that you have, yes, and people that you know, I believe that it could happen. So I'm willing to bet that Eek. you can do it a hundred percent. I don't even doubt that. And, and I think the only reason that you haven't done it is because you have that. I don't know if it's a modesty thing. I think you know that you can do it. I think it's more of you. I mean, it's something like, else, I think. I don't know. Like, um, I've been thinking about doing like a panel, like you were saying, kind of like off that clubhouse vibe that we were mm-hmm. talking about, informational panel with like managers or publicists or like a combination of all that. We did it before the pandemic and we're discussing having that maybe once a month at the venue, stuff like that. And I would promote. I don't know. See, the thing about it, I, <laughs> I keep thinking that when I hear you, I see that you think about what you can do. Like, like your strong, your strong suit may not be promotion, but it, it might be organizing, yeah, yeah. organizing the thing. And there's people that do what you used to do when I used to do it. Right. Remember? Right. So it's, it's about giving them the reins and letting them do it. That's what I, cause yeah, you can't promotion, do everything. Yeah. Promotion wise. I mean, I do the marketing and publicity for any show I book. So, like, I was had, um, hands-on with Day 26 we just had, and mm-hmm. I have Gordon Chambers coming up, you know? You so, have I have my girls. Do you think about all of the, 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 the memories that you've created for people, mm. and you've not leveraged or asked anything from them? It's on my Instagram. I just want a picture. <laughs> and I want everybody to have fun. Okay. And I want them to come back. We're going to have to talk. I don't so know if you want to see it, actually, but I see a bigger picture <laughs> I mean, we picture were talking about the whole thing with the clubhouse, like getting all the followers, and I hear you. Mm-hmm. 
it's just figuring out how to monetize that. It just took too long, and then everything opened, and I'm just, like, back in the club. Yeah. Like, all three of my jobs open. I really only have one or two days off, and it's, like, after 12-hour shifts for five days, you just kind of want to be home. I don't think it's an effective use of your time. I don't think that you have to do that much. I think that what you don't want to give up is, like, like you like to work. I do. That's the truth. So you don't work because you have to work. You work because you like to work. I mean, both. Yeah. We got bills. You yeah. Bills. All right. So here's my thing. And I'm going to get back to this. <laughs> <laughs> bills. No one's going to argue that we have bills. I'm a single lady. I take care of all myself. Listen. Everything. To all the single ladies. I think that was a pitch. She, she just did a pitch. Oh, single ladies. <laughs> single ladies. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. I think that you're, I think that when, when you, you have this idea mm-hmm. of where you see yourself and, 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 and how, you, and how you want to achieve those things. Right. But we, are you willing to look at another way to do it? Cause you, you're, I think like me, I don't think we're just, we're not the same age. I'm older than you, but I think you have a certain, I think you have a certain worth ethic that is a very hands-on like old school, like my parents, like my, they have to actually <laughs> have their hand on the ladder. That's how they do. Mm. The, the younger generation um, are, are not even, I'm going to say younger. Like they have the this YouTube idea that you, the, they will, yeah, yeah they delegate and then hands off. They don't, they don't delegate. Like my delegation, my former delegation is, Hey, do this thing. And then check with you every five minutes. That's not delegation. That's, right. that's micromanaging. So we have to figure out a way <laughs> that I'll stop micromanaging. Right. People. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because yeah. Cause then we don't let them grow. But my other question to you is what are your thoughts on like, where do you see? Cause we talked about like the, the pandemic hit and people mm-hmm. were not, people were not were locked in. There could be another pandemic. What would you what what would what would you do That'd in terms? It wouldn't be terrible because we know better. It didn't kill us, right? And and we were able to. Mm-hmm. I think peop, so many people started businesses that I think they wouldn't have even bothered to start. Well, people in the event world got hurt the most. I feel you think so. Yeah, because artists could still sell music and be virtual. Mm-hmm. When you have a space that nobody can go into, yeah, mm-hmm. all our virtual stuff, um, unless we did a Patreon. Mm-hmm. It was just for free, you know. It's mm-hmm. a lot of effort to keep the brand moving and in the forefront of people's minds without really benefiting financially from it. You know what? I, but well, you know, what I think it is. I think that, and this is what I think a lot, a lot, a lot of the event spaces made, the, and, and they're making a mistake that Blockbuster made, mm-hmm. that Netflix saw, that Blockbuster made. And I'm going right. to tell you this. And I don't think that I don't think that a lot of venues, even if they hear would would even listen to what I have to say. I'm going to say it anyway. Well, we did virtual concerts. No, no, I know, but you said it was free, right? No, the virtual concerts weren't free. Okay. Um, It's just we didn't get enough of them during that time. Okay. And then um, once things open up, people just want to be there in person. And I wanted to sell virtual tickets for a lower fee. Things have happened. But um, I don't know. It's like virtual concerts are okay. I think people I, want to be there. I think that the the energy, <laughs> and one thing versus showed us, right, is versus. You see, if that was true, then there would be no versus. It's true. People claim that as soon as, and if anybody doesn't know versus, that's the that's the uh, the event that um, Timberland and Swiss Beats does, mm-hmm. right? So if that was true, v- then versus would have crumbled. People told me versus was going to crumble when things opened up. No, it has not. It's still um, watched 
by multitudes of people virtually and now the they ja have the Rule Barclay. one I heard broke, broke a record. I heard Ja Rule and Fat Joe broke a record. And the Barclay was full. And the Barclay so people is full. were in person and virtual. Yeah, I mean, that's like Fat Joe and Ja Rule. No, I don't like, want to have to Like I, for the quarantine, mm-hmm. I did Joey Badass. Mm-hmm. We did ASAP Ferg. Mm-hmm. Um, we did J.I. Mm-hmm. You know, like we just had to get more. You know what I think it is? I think, and this is the point I was going to make, I think if the people that have been at the forefront that have that have physical space mm-hmm. they have to start looking at at things and they have to get new blood like you you get a team in there mm-hmm. that lives this like you know the biggest problem i worked the last event place i worked for which i'm not going to say their name because i don't want to sh- <laughs> i don't want to crap on them um We're being nice we still, today. <laughs> yeah i'm being nice today one of them is the people that was in charge at the top of the events that mm-hmm. was the one that says okay or not to us they were not in the life. So you cannot like, how did it, there was a, there was a line in, um, I think what movie was it? It was in not Goodfellas. It was in heat and it was between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino mm-hmm. and, and Al and, and, um, De Niro says to Pacino, do you got a lady, got a wife? And he goes, no, not anymore. And he said, how are you going to have a wife chasing guys like me? And that's what I think a person who has a family is very difficult for you to run an event space the, in the virtual world because it doesn't stop that means you have your clubhouses you have your and there's new stuff every day and mm-hmm. it, it and it requires you to be on top of it and a person who doesn't live this like you know when they there's some people when they when they leave the job they shut everything off this, I the, wish. these guys shut off everything and i'll be con- contacting them and they'd be like no i'll see you in the morning the morning between what happens at 10 o'clock at night you missed three four opportunities for us to book a space mm-hmm. that's why i was like you know what i'm done and that's what I think. I think that the people that are in charge, they they're running it like it's a like it's a traditional business with office hours. Right. And I'm thinking, no, this is a big deal. We have to get this person now. And I think you probably could speak more than I can. No, I, I mean, um, the owners are the, the venues. What thirty eight? Not not we're going to be not your 40, 40 years old as <laughs> right. a venue, right? Wow. So they've had to. Um, grow with the changes yeah. but that's why they always have a younger staff yeah um as far as staff i'm the only person i'm not saying that's, you though I'm no no but like, i'm just yeah. saying as far as like kind of keeping up with yeah. the joneses you have to because everything changes music changes people's um like what style of music is more popular changes always like like i said it was sounds of brazil and that was making him money only brazilian music almost seven days a week and now and you have a Saturday. Now you have a Bollywood event. Bollywood. We we broke um, Tito Puentes. We broke Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony's um, sound guy, he stole from SOBs. He came by, let's say, like right before the pandemic because he had Madison Square Garden and he wanted to treat his team. So I got a call like, Mark Anthony's coming. Cook everything on the menu. Clear the <laughs> VIP. I was like, yeah, right. Like, right. Mark Anthony's not coming here. He really came. He came there. With his management, his singers, wow. his band, his sound guy, just to hang out. Wow. And we cooked him everything on the menu. And he wanted to bring his own beers because he likes a specific beer we didn't have. Wait, what beer does he drink? I forgot what it was called, but he came, <laughs> he brought it in a cooler. <laughs> it must have been Presidente. It was, Tell me it was Presidente. Was. No, It was like these little cans. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember. But obviously we gave him beer as well and wine and whatever they wanted. And at the end, I got to like talk to him. I was like, dude, like you changed my ear for music. Like you made salsa cool. Like not from my mom listening to it. 
like somebody from New York that spoke English and you put out salsa and I was like, I'll actually listen to it. I don't know why. It's like a 20 teenager thing, you know? Mm-hmm. You made it cool and it changed my ear because salsa is completely different from all other music and you made me love it and get into it. So I really appreciate that, you know? Yeah, that's cool. We got our pick. I was like, wait, we have to give him a t-shirt. <laughs> Gave him the t-shirt and he's looking at it. He's like, oh my God, this person, that person. I'm like, look for you, bro. You're on there. Like, you're a legend. Like, he wasn't even looking for his own name Wow. on the back of the t-shirt. Are you serious? Right, You're right. You're freaking my candidate. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That's crazy. So his humbleness is another thing, like how we were talking. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes people are at the top of their game are the most humble. Mm. It's nice to see it. No, it's nice. And nice to be able to have a normal conversation with them, you know? Yeah. Like, you my hero. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's very rare, right? That you can you meet somebody like that? Or is it, is it like happening? Anthony, and like, yeah. not even just going to a concert, like talking to him mm-hmm. in a conversation. I never thought I'd be able to do that. No, that's crazy. And you know what? I, I kind of cried when I went home. You should cry. That's I cried a yeah. lot. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was the like, troop. that was so cool. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's like the perks of you know right. the hard work. It's kind of moments like that. I really was like, no, you I know, like, my mom was like, what? You yeah. know, it's just like it matters. It matters a lot. To yeah. Me. No, that's pretty awesome. What is the bride's march? Am I saying it right? Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, my mother's sister, my aunt, she was murdered in 1999, the day of her wedding. She was getting married to someone and her ex broke into the house and killed her in front of my whole family, which was really devastating. So like a year later, there was this woman, her name was Josie Ashton, and she had seen everything. She works in she worked in the field of family court in Florida, and she's Dominican as well. So she saw a lot of the news during like the court stuff. We couldn't talk. But his side was saying a lot of really derogatory things. So he didn't kill himself. He just he just killed her. Wow. Mm-hmm. And his side of the people in the street and all these things saw him as like a guy in a suit with a briefcase. He was part of the like Dominican Association of whatever the hell. Everybody was talking bad about my aunt and we couldn't say anything. And she kind of saw that and it bothered her. And um, she wanted to walk in her memory. So, you know how people do walks across the country for different things? She just saw it and just thought, I want to wear my wedding dress with the clips, Bride Shot Dead, the Daily News clipping, Mm -hmm. and talk about domestic violence in different centers, like homeless shelters, domestic violence shelters, and schools. And so she presented it to us, and we're like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. You're so nice. She came with, like, you know how you do a science project with the cardboard? She had, like, everything mapped out. She's like, I don't want any money. I'm not... Um, collecting money the only thing donations i'm taking are sneakers and water and i have a van following with me with the water and she you know they filmed everything with the first march was from my aunt's house to the church to finish that walk for her um all the women wore white she wore the wedding dress men wore black and then she walked the three months from new york to miami wait she walked what for three months what's this lady's name Josie Ashton. Josie Ashton. I got to talk to this lady. That sounds freaky. Where does she live? An amazing human being. Where's she Miami. From? Miami. Well, wow. it's um actually Fort Lauderdale, Hialeah. Fort Lauderdale. So she walked from New York. New York to Florida. And they filmed this thing? Yeah. Why did I never hear of this before? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. now we walk every day every year on September 26th the day my aunt passed. We walk all over New York City. People walk in in Massachusetts. I believe it's Connecticut, DR. I believe they've done it in China. 
We've done marches on Washington with Selma Hayek. We've changed laws on Wash in Washington during Domestic Violence Month in October. Um, it's been interesting to watch people care so much about your family member. And then meeting so many people who've lost people too that you're we're like a little family. Yeah. And every year, unfortunately, there's new families. And it's like yeah. you don't want to meet any more families that are going through this. But at least, you know, that's a day for people to be able to talk about it in the street because it's we call it the silent familial disease. So you'll see people's faces and how this is never something people talk about, right? So like you'll see a mom cross the street with her kids looking down. Or you see a guy laughing, saying, bees deserve to get beat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> With signs talking about, you know, and then we give out information where people can get help as we walk. We have women that start crying, just walk with us a little bit. People have lost family members. There's a lot of people who die every single year off wow. domestic violence. And men, women, children. Like I have one family that she got home and he killed all three of their children. And she said, like, the worst part is seeing, like, her son on top of her daughter because, like, he was trying to protect her. Like, she kind of saw in her head what happened. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's like, it took everything not to end her life and to live for them and give speeches like that in front of hundreds of people talking about men need um, help. And this is, a, this is a different lady, not the one that marched. This is another. No, my aunt. Um, no, I mean the lady. Oh, Josie. The lady, no, Josie. She, would, she takes me to these panels to speak sometimes, like. For that one in particular, she was trying to get the, the courts in Miami to make men who have um, had domestic violence arrests to go through these sensitivity panels where you watch, let's say, three women talk about what they've been through. And you would have to get that signed off before you're done with your probation. So it was three of us. It was that woman. It was another one who she grew up without her mom because her dad killed her mom. And just talking about how she had to grow up with that not having either parent right. stuff and then my story mm -hmm. where she played the clip because you know it got recorded we were filming to go to the church so yeah. my aunt's death is on video which is why A&E made a whole thing about it that's mm -hmm. what made it kind of more touching to people I believe because you see somebody with all the joy in the world giving their bridesmaids the flower arrangements and then they're just gone Terrible. so those are different things I've had to do that are really hard for me but I feel like also it's hard regardless. Yeah. And at least we're trying to do something positive out of people caring about this particular situation so much. I feel like they're all tragic. Yeah. And it's all relatable too. like the, what oh. you said about even I love the fact you said the men walk with you guys as well. Yes, They wear black mm. um, or white or like if somebody lost a particular family member, they made T-shirts for that family member Okay, in white or black. And you, it's whatever you feel is going to make you a little stronger that day, you know. I have another grandma who it was like her daughter and the grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And September 26th, the day my aunt passed, is one of the little girl's birthdays. Mm -hmm. So in, in the Bronx, we just um, let go of release balloons for her every oh, okay. year. It's wow. little traditions that we yeah. build with our little, you know, her survivor yeah. family that make her probably feel a little better that day, you right, know, that we right. all care. Yeah. So it's what would she be doing that day? Crying at home? I love that you've taken this like this thing and you've made it into something. And I'll be I'll be at the next one, of course. Ah, so for sure, yes. I'm, I'm there for sure. Everybody's welcome. September 26th. September 26th and 27th. No, just the 26th. That's the day she passed. Okay. And it's bridesmarch.com. We have pictures of every single year. The the route. 
why wedding dresses just an explanation yeah. of all the laws we've changed and all that kind of stuff that's dope and so i'm going to get that some of that info. i want to post it also because this is good like we we'll use the podcast as well one of the things i that i typically do on on um on this forum is ask you know things that you've come across when you were younger so is there anything any advice that you would mm. take from your younger self that maybe you were doing when you were younger but you've given it up and um what advice Give me advice in business. That's one question, and I have one after that. Eek. Uh, well, maybe advice 15, I would 16. give the younger me. No, I want you to get advice <laughs> from the younger you. I don't think she knew what she was doing. She had to know something. There was something you did right, because yeah, you you could. I you, definitely was a little here. more lighthearted, a little less protective of myself, you know. But you grow up and you realize not everybody has the best intentions. So, so. what's the advice we'll get from her? She didn't give me a but she Listen, she bought you hair. <laughs> she did. She's I don't good. Know. She, she definitely had a lot more fun. I would, you know, I'm working on that. So she she'll tell you to have more fun. Maybe right now, yes. What I'm else? Very focused at the moment. <laughs> what else would she tell you? I know she. I know she got some more for you. Uh, um, I'm not sure. Okay, so we'll go to the reverse. What would yeah, you? What yeah. advice would you give the younger you then? Yes, what I would, would say. Her? Start a workout routine young so it becomes a habit forever because I get into these workout routines for like months and then I'm like, maybe not today. And then I fall off and I watch you with your, what do you call them things? Nunchucks. With your nunchucks. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Why did I fall off the last two months? My thing is I love to swim. Mm -hmm. So when I go on vacation, I get super like in shape because mm -hmm. I'm always swimming every day. And then I come back to New York and I'm like not so i would say when you do that or like get into like a um like dance classes to be even better because i would be watching chris brown like i'm okay to a point where if i started in my 20s i might be that good you know <laughs> maybe not chris brown status but right backup dancer chris brown status wait so what stops you from doing <laughs> it like because i told you i took up this um in the quarantine right i've been looking at dance classes there I, you go yes because i want to do something fun like the gym just doesn't work for me yeah. And I realized how easy it is for me to wake up and swim for hours every day. So I want to do something I like. So that, but I mean, obviously, I'm just telling my, my younger self to mm. take some dance classes and uh, mm. start scuba diving a little earlier because I started late and I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things to do with the scuba diving. And don't trust everybody, actually. Don't trust everybody. Nah. What do you mean? I was too nice. When you say, like, so. Or, like, don't okay. be so. I was a little shy, too. I don't know if you remember. I was much more shy. Mm -hmm. I remember. Maybe, like, work on that earlier. It's helped a lot just with my job and everything. And it kind of comes automatic. I don't think about it so much. Maybe I, I was too hyper aware of my surroundings. And now I'm so busy, I just go. Like, before. Like, if I had to tell the DJ something and it was, like, a full club, I'd, like, die. And I'm just telling somebody something. I'm not performing. <laughs> like, I get, like, the sweats. <laughs> like, even today, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, like, wringing my hands and just, like, Jesus. When I did IGTV, I mean, I make myself do these things, but it is not my norm. I really am okay. a behind-the-scenes kind of person. So, but I try to take myself out of my comfort zone more often. So I'm going to ask you to give some advice to like, so we have <laughs> entrepreneurs listening yes. and they totally vibe. Like I, I do workshops and, and, and I hear this all the time. They want to do everything by themselves. So I want you to tell me what is the benefit 
to doing it by yourself? And then what is the benefit with getting help in areas you need help in? So give me both. You argue both cases for them. So doing it yourself, everything's done right. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. And nobody disappoints you. <laughs> okay. Nobody disappoints you and there's less talking. It's not even just getting help. It's getting the right help. Because I have worked with people that are great. Like me with Ali, we don't argue. We attack. We're both fast. Things get done and it looks gorgeous. And we have fun. We get to enjoy the event too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love working with Ali. Big, big shout out to Ali V. But like, you know, there's other events where it depends on who you have as your team. I'll do anything. So not like that. You know what I mean? No, I think Anything I know to help my I team. I get it. No, so I love, I love that you said... You said the right people. The right people. Right? Because I think this is what I hear a lot. I hear people say that I'll do it myself because it'll be done right. But really what you're saying is the right people and then the training also because training. a part of the accountability has to fall from how management hires people. So if you hire somebody because they're cheaper mm -hmm. and they don't have any background in in waitering, right? And you got to teach them not only where things go, but how to hold the plates. And that could be a problem. Right. Like even for me, like this is something that bothers me. Let's say, let's say you have a bartender mm -hmm. and they come to like, what's happening tonight? That bothers me. Why don't you know that? Mm. Like, why don't you know what's happening this whole week? So if you get in conversation with someone at the bar, you know, oh, next week we got this. Like you talk to them the most. Mm. Like it's a turn off for me as let's say a manager. When you ask me, we have a whole website. You don't want to know where you're working that night, like what event you're working and like the crowd is going to be. You don't don't ask the night of. I mean, hopefully they even ask because half the time they don't even ask me. <laughs> but I wish they cared. But don't, that, I wish they posted on their page. But that gives it. I wish, you know, like no, but you give a good you give a good example. But what about like, is there a protocol, for example? People don't care, man. No, but no, but I, there's beyond people don't care. OK, um. I like the way you think. You think mm -hmm. this way because you've been around, you've been in a business for many years, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what's, because common knowledge, you may not be common knowledge to other people, but right. if you if you could go to a bartender and say, hey, I just want you guys to know, besides putting on a website, because this is what my, this is what a, one of the places I worked at, Will Shower, name, name, nameless. They <laughs> sent everything in an email right. and everything was on the website. Mm -hmm. So if you ask them something, look at the website. And what I would say is, why not, not you, but somebody, print out the schedule so, here's the schedule before the panorama panorama <laughs> i would post the schedule by the bartender station and oh, for the servers okay. i haven't done it because it seemed that nobody cared and they would still ask me or not know anything do you have group meetings do you guys talk about these things so this is the things i'm talking to my boss about about having more meetings with them but they're mm. all new and we don't know who's staying who's not so everything's kind of like like a learning curve. Yeah. We've only been open for three weeks. Mm. I'm hoping that um, I can do all that mm. as far as like, hey, next week, these are the shows. Like, make sure yeah. you know what's going on. Um, post it. Because that's already like, let's say five bartenders, four servers, the sound guy, me. That's 12 more people or something promoting the week hey this is what i'm the day i'm working at sobs yes. pull up tickets are only this much or bring a guest some i let people bring a guest most of the staff is allowed even a sold out show to bring one friend that's good yeah so it's like okay. i don't know get so communication involved. so communication yes. basically i like that yeah and my final question tell me one of your most interesting stories 
okay. with a celebrity or bizarre. And you don't have to give the name because I, I know that the, in your business, that's very. I'll tell you the curious. worst. Tell me the worst. <laughs> Why did you go through the worst? Because just when you said <laughs> that, that's what came to my mind. But I won't okay. say who it is. Good. But I'll say their artist name is Three Letters. And <laughs> his entire team was just male chauvinistic pigs. And I was a fan. And Wait, was, give, me, give, me, give me more than that. Come on, give us more. It was just, I felt uh, uncomfortable at my own job. And it, they wouldn't stop. I left. And I really was a fan and was looking forward to no, the show. No, but what were they, like, what were some of the things they just said? Just wouldn't stop trying to. Trying to talk to you, like. But it's not just talk. It was, like, aggressive. Because you could say, oh, you're cute. I don't care. Like, I think people are cute. It was, like, the nonstop, incessant, um, taller than me, kind of being um, mm. R. Kelly rapey about it. Ooh. Like, sorry, because wow. that was another bad one. Ooh. R. Kelly was terrible. So Wait, R. Kelly was well, you said his name, so wait, can I ask? Was it was it, bad. What he did a show at SOBs? He did an interview with WBLS at SOBs. And I went to the front to film him walking in. And instead of going, he walked towards my camera, so I turned it off. I have the footage. And he's like, You coming inside? And I, like mad tall, right in front of my face. And I'm like, Oh, I, I work here. He's like, Good. And walked in the club. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> that <laughs> so sounds creepy. It's not just that, but it's like, damn, I hate that as women. It makes us feel like so cowardly. Like a coward. Is that the word? No, you're not a coward. Like No, I I scared. Really? Yeah. Like I was like, <gasps> and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, should I leave? And I was like, I kind of want to see it. He's like still our Kelly, you know? I was like, that's not fair that I would like make myself leave. So I went in and I was just like, I, I worked. I and kept it, it working. And there, did he, did he do any more? No, he no? did his interview, whatever. And then WBLS had the step and repeat where you take the picture and like walk out of the venue. So I waited till the end. I was like, I kind of want a damn picture with R. Kelly. That wasn't so terrible. Let me get my picture. Right. And it was like, I walked up to him. Um, I stood next to him. He put his arm and we took the picture. And I was like, thanks. I looked up, said thanks. and started walking away. And he's pulled me back and he's like they're not done yet and all the pictures my eyes look mad big wow and you could see the fingers because i'm chunky he grabs you that he hard. pulled me back and was like they're not done yet and i'm like and you could see his fingers in my arm wow and i was like so you know when all this stuff came out i was like i can imagine being alone in a room and not being and liking guys and feeling like this energy and wanting somebody you know to be like dominant in your life and right. falling for kind of that energy you know right wow. i was just so uninterested in it that i was just like oh my god wow. somebody help and that, that did, did that change did that change your opinion of him yeah like from the right, outside from that, from right away when it happened well, and like, i believed everyone because oh. that one day he made me scared in my own room and i had in my own job and yeah. i had mad friends around me imagine yeah. alone in a room or something i was like so nervous and uncomfortable i was like yo i believe all of you <laughs> <laughs> so he all. wasn't your worst though the other guy the other person was well, the other one that i actually left because uh -huh. it was so much i was like oh, it's not much. worth it i'm not even a fan of you anymore because this is who you have around you that means you're like that too and you think that it couldn't be just that he, the person wasn't aware? I mean, he was around. He, was around he just wasn't he doing it, it too. He it wasn't was doing only it. his but boys. He did, but he didn't set he anything didn't say, straight. He didn't say, hey, guys, be professional. Da, da, da. I'm like, hey, I'm working here. Hey, I'm working here. And it was just like, yeah, I, I ma. Da, da, da. I'm like, I'm not your ma. Like, I'm 
like, I work here. You're so unprofessional. Get away from me. You know what? I'll just leave then. And it just won't be as great. And I went home. Because you're working a lot of times in a a pretty much a a male-dominated industry. What are your... I find that I, like, dress down a lot for hip-hop. Interesting. And I dress up more for R&B, like Snow Allegra or, like, El Varner. I wear, like, a cool dress. Hip hop. I got my hoodie and my t-shirt and some kicks. Cause like, leave me alone, you know. But that's how I feel comfortable, and it just works out. It's unfortunate, probably, but I just have to be taken seriously, and I can't. I don't have time to argue with people. It's usually you get five to seven to like get everything together before doors, you know. And they're doing sound check and run a show and guest list and who sold tickets and who wants to sit where and mm-hmm. getting the green room ready. Like, I don't have time. To be like, I don't want to date you. <laughs> like, wow. any any advice? I rather you look <laughs> kind of like eh, leave you <laughs> <Right>. alone. <laughs> you crazy. Any advice you would give anyone getting in, male or woman getting in? Um, specifically, you can you can speak to the women aspect because mm-hmm. you know because there's a big industry, right? What what advice would you give somebody getting in that may uh, encounter some of these situations? I'm sure you've been in many. How would you advise them in, in dealing with some of? You know. We talked about it a lot on Clubhouse, yeah. which I've realized it's a big problem mm. in women and entertainment and a bunch of the rooms. And people say it's how you carry yourself. And it is, too, because I do feel uncomfortable when people do. And instead of being like, excuse me, I don't, you know, like more cut it real quick. I feel like uncomfortable, which is something probably I have to work on. So I'll be honest with that because I shouldn't have to dumb down my attire or anything else to deal with somebody being um, aggressive sexually towards me or whatever. But I'd rather avoid it because I just don't like dealing with it at all. It makes me very uncomfortable. And some women can be like, you know, just a B-I-T-C-H. And be like, eh. Like, stop it right there. No, but I'm not I, think they, I think they make it like when a woman speaks up for herself, she's a bitch. But I don't believe right. that. I think that it's more you standing firm on your thoughts and right. th- to try to I gotta change it. I got to find that spot, that sweet spot. Yeah. I, I, I really do. Because we talked about something else earlier that I, yeah. you were like, you have to find a sweet spot for that. You know, and I just like to avoid awkward conversations and confrontation, when I'm, especially when I'm busy. And that's just obviously right. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately no, you know it, sometimes no. i wish i was a guy and i was just be no like, it doesn't, it, you'd have a new set of problems <laughs> listen everybody like this is something i talk about often like everybody has a different problem right right it's just about like like yeah. we can't avoid them we have to decide what there's different things you know i, yeah. I won't get it no that's don't, i'm not going to compare pain but i would just say that there's just different things that we and we could feel the same yeah. amount of pain over any yeah. of those because it's our personal experiences mm-hmm. right. all we've dealt with so yeah, I get it. I, 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 I'm super excited for you and everything that you're doing. And oh, big yeah. shout out to Savannah Christina, who's the daughter of Josie from the March. Oh, and yeah. she's signed to UTA. She's been on tour. Check out her song, Self Care. It's amazing. I did a lot of work with her during the time off. We did a, a driving concert in Miami that was amazing and helped her a little bit. But now the club's back open. She has management and all mm-hmm. that. And I'm bringing her back to SOBs in February. Okay. I'm going to definitely be there. Self-care. It's Self-care. a beautiful song. It has millions of views on YouTube. What is it about exactly? It's about taking care of yourself and putting yeah. yourself first. And during the this time, that's what people have been focused on, which is so important. She did the song right before everything happened. So she was like, that was God, you know? Perfect. It worked out perfectly. And obviously she has a, a lot of other dope songs. So check her out. That's my cuz from another mother. 
I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, it's good to have you here. And I'm glad you finally got you here. Yes. This has been amazing. And I can't wait to put this out. Thank you for inviting me. Can't I've never done something like this. <laughs> and wait, by the way, I got—I forgot to mention this is this is Marianne's first interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, this is for me. I'm super excited because I didn't think you were gonna do it. I was like, she's not gonna do it. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. Thank you. I think you're gonna help a lot of people who might just different. There's so much things that you covered that don't get talked about sometimes and especially in the music industry mm. people kind of sweep it under the rug mm-hmm. that last story that that was like gold quarantine was it just opened up revenue yeah because now you have you know you can do it online people will pay yeah and people will go to see stuff so i think that i think it's a new wave coming it's gonna be a combo yeah it's gonna be a both this is marianne and you've been listening to nine five killers Thank you so much, Boom. Glenn. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See? Thanks for tuning in to the 95 Killers podcast. You can now visit us at our website at 95killers.com. We truly appreciate your continued support. Take care of yourselves and keep killing those comfort zones. Until next time, peace.